We began a series four weeks ago titled Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. And today we are in episode four of season one. And um, this episode four is the um, concluding episode of this season. We, we, we said if Jesus tarries and if God wills, we will have episode two of Adam and Eve sometime in the future. Today we are looking at abuse. Everybody say abuse. The first part we looked at relationships, the second part we looked at at what? Seduction. The third part we looked at love and sex, which was last week, and today, episode four, we are looking at abuse. Everybody say abuse. abuse. We have a lot to cover today. There will be a teaching part and there will be um, an, a, an interactive part. And um, for the teaching part, let's open our Bibles to two openings, Genesis chapter 2, verse 23, and 1 Peter 3, 7. Genesis 2, Genesis chapter 2, Verse 23. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Genesis chapter 2, verse 23. The word of God says, At last, the man exclaimed, This one is bone of my bone. Everybody say, bone of my bone. And flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from a man. Praise the Lord. Our second reading, First Peter 3, 7. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. The word of God says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Everybody say honor. honor. Must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner. Everybody say equal partner. In God's gift of a new life, treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Everybody say, treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Weaker but equal. Everybody say, weaker but equal. Weaker, but equal. The King James Version of Translation says we are joint heirs together with Christ, the husband and the wife. Now, abuse is something that is multifaceted, as in, you know, as, as I discovered, 
you know, that there's so many sides to abuse. And there's a lot of questions in people's hearts. What do we do? What do I do? What are my options? How do I respond to this? They are trusting that God will give you and I his own answer today in Jesus' name. There are a lot of questions that have come up on Facebook. You know, we have these questions. Someone said, how do you tackle a situation whereby the so-called daddy is the one abusing the daughter? That is, the father is raping and sleeping with the, the daughter. You know, in the second section of this, of this um, service, we will deal with that. Someone else says, how come people who have been abused do not trust people in the family enough to tell them what is happening? How come when children have been abused, they, they don't trust people in families enough? They don't tell, they, they, they don't tell their, their fathers or their mothers, you know? How come? That is almost a signature of every abuse that has, that has been sustained. How come? We'll find out that also. Someone else says, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, that was the best thing. It's like, finally, someone is going to talk about this thing in church. Another person says, should a man or woman stay in a physically abusive relationship? We all know the story of the banker, which means, you know, the banker that was beaten to death by a husband. Should a woman stay, or even if it's a man, because there are cases where it is the woman that is beating the man, should he stay or should he run for his life? Is that the time to prove that you're a man, or is that the time to run? He that fights and runs away, leaves to fight. Someone else says, should a woman or a man stay in a mentally abusive marriage? Another person says, after all, okay, the conversations, I look forward to service. Okay, fine. We also look forward to service. Now, so the questions go on and on and on. And when you look at, in, in the family, in the home, there are different types of abuses. The the abuse to the children, we are going to deal with that later. But now, we want to talk about the different types of abuses, even amongst, between spouses. The first one is the sexual abuse. Sexual abuse, there are certain husbands that sexually abuses their wives. How can that be? Simple. There are some husbands that rape their wives. That's sexual abuse. Sexual abuse. There are some husbands that, that forces their wives to do certain things that they are not comfortable doing on the marriage bed and force them to do it. That's a sexual abuse. That's an assault. Your wife does not like a particular style. This class is not rated. 18. So I will turn down a little bit. The teenage pastor is waving to me. Pastor, we are here, we are here. I can see you. Maybe she's not comfortable with it for this season of her life. 
A loving husband will what? Mm. But an abusive husband will insist. In some cases, the woman is crying. They're insisting. That is an abuse. That will stop today. Amen. Say amen. amen. To, to withhold sex from your spouse is also an abuse. A man or a woman, you know that your spouse, your husband or your wife has sexual appetite and because there's something you want to achieve, you withhold sex from her or from him. That's, sex, that, that's, that's sexual abuse. Because the Bible is clear on what your expectations and your deliverables are as couples. Praise the name of the Lord. Then the second, the second type of abuse is verbal abuse. Verbal abuse is, is, is so subtle. And in fact, I think it's one of the greatest destroyers. Not Physical abuse is, is major. We're going to talk about that. But verbal abuse is one of the greatest destroyers of marriages. When one partner just speaks horrible things to the other partner consistently, horrible things, you stab her or him and you make him or her look like a fool, like an idiot, like consistently. It's an abuse. We are going to talk about how to stem it today. How to stop it from both sides. More from the person that is receiving on the receiving end. This verbal abuse. Then the third one is the emotional and psychological abuse. The emotional and psychological abuse is as if you are waging an, a psychological warfare. You are torturing the person psychologically. It's also known as, as mental abuse. You, you, you want to get them to a certain position, but rather than, than respecting and going in the path that God honors, we subject the person to psychological torture. Some people are very good at that. Very, 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 very good at that. You know? There's someone that has been going through um, a challenge, you know, maritally. And when I see the person, the person is confident, you know, cheerful. You can never know anything like that is happening. One day, early hours in the morning, I think I, I, I wasn't even sure if I was praying, you know, but I was with the Lord, you know, and I just saw the person timid. I'm like, no, this is not this person. The person, as in, in, in the person's house, the person was like, like cowering, like just hiding. I'm like, it doesn't add up. So I called the person and I said to the person, hey, what's going on? This is what I saw. And the person says, it's true. And the whole story began. And my jaw dropped. I'm like, how? Mental psychological abuse. Then the third one, I'm just checking to see if you are following. The fourth one is economic abuse. Economic abuse. Maybe at the beginning of your marriage, 
you sold a major inheritance, you say, okay, you are the husband, you know, you run the business, take this, let's use this, our money as seed, I will take care of the children, then the business becomes very big. Then the husband wants to get his wife to a certain position and withdraws finances. And that's very rampant. That's just an example. Regardless of who is financially, what have you, you know that this person needs this money. You withdraw finances. Why? Because you want to get the person to succumb to you. That's an abuse. I am not going to give you people money for food in this house. Have you heard that before? And abuse is a trademark of a weak person. A weak person has a need to abuse, to gain control. Ab abuse is weakness. So if you see a woman that is abusive or a man that is abusive, you've seen a weak man or a weak woman. So rather than dealing with issues, you say, oh, I'm not going to give you your monthly allowance. That is an economic abuse. And the, fourth, the fifth one, one, two, three, four, five, the fifth one is the very popular one, which is physical abuse. Physical abuse. Physical abuse is any physical aggression or any form of assault. Hitting, kicking, biting, shoving, restraining, slapping, throwing objects, or the threat thereof. It's physical abuse. Domestic violence can also mean endangerment, criminal coercion. You are a thief. Your wife says she's not stealing with you. And you coerce her. Is this not the same money you have been eating from? She says she's not stealing. Praise the Lord. Kidnapping, unlawful imprisonment, you lock your spouse up in the room. Oh, has that happened before? You are not leaving this house. You are not leaving this house. All those women that you go to see outside, you are not leaving this house. That is physical abuse. <laughs> because, praise the Lord. Because when you say physical abuse, it's easy to think it's the men. Of course, mostly the men. But women, I've seen a woman that beat her husband, the flesh off the skin. <laughs> say, what do you want me to do? I said, did he beat me? But he has, been, he has been abusing me since. 
verbal abuse. Which is wrong. So she feels that, how can I get this man who... Harassment, trespassing, harassment, and stalking. Stalking is an abuse. While I, I, I encourage spouses to be transparent to each other and, and, you know, and, be, and, and let the other person see your email and, and stuff, but to be stalking your spouse, you have a problem. You check her phone, or you check his phone, or you, when she's sleeping, or when she's sleeping, she's sleeping, you quickly, something is wrong with you. Praise the Lord. Now, the, the, apart from the fact that the abuser has a, a major fundamental problem, the problem with, in an abusive relationship is not communication. The problem in an abusive relationship is the mindset of the abuser. Now, this is so important because I've seen people try to address an abusive relationship as if they are addressing a communication problem. In a marriage, I'm going to tell you how to, how to, how to deal with abuse. It's the mindset of the abuser. And many times, it's, it's, it's the mindset that the person has had for decades. Maybe bad home training or, you know, stuff that the person has up until now gotten away with. But God will bring deliverance today in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, let me just clarify this. An abusive person is not the person that has committed an abusive act, as we all have. And I've sought forgiveness. That's, that's, not an, that's, that's not an abusive person. You know, anyone here, you have been married, you have never once, let's even say Baba, not once in your life have you abused your spouse. As in, um, say something that is not nice. Before you say, I abuse, you think, okay, I didn't abuse his father. No, 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 no. You've not said something that is hurtful to your spouse. Let me see your hands up. So we all have. Eh? Any hand? Let's cast out the demon of lying. <laughs> we all have. And what a child of God does when they realize it is they repent. Is that okay? And when they repent, they don't repeat. Repentance is a turnaround. It's a change of mind. It's a turnaround. But the abusive person can say sorry a hundred times. In fact, the sorry, you're tired of hearing the sorry, right? You're tired of hearing sorry, right? Because they, they never change. It's, it's they, up until now, they never change. You just say sorry. You just say sorry. They can't even cry. They can't even say they are sorry. But guess what? They are back in the mindset of being abusive. And when they catch themselves, you know, they say that, um, okay, maybe you're complaining that this person is so abusive. I say the abusive thing he does, the person does is maybe the person slaps you. It's, and he says he, he can never beat his wife. He tells people he can never beat his wife, but he slaps her. I 
and the person comes to you and apologizes and repents, a, an abuser can say, will say something like this. Are we just... Okay? Don't let me do it. That's an abuse. That's an abuser right there. After all, I've said, okay, I've said I won't abuse your mother anymore, but that's an abuser right there. If I give you He doesn't do it. That's an abuser right there. Can you see the difference? Clear. So an abusive person has this mentality of power, of control, and entitlement. You will never see an abusive person that is not entitled, that doesn't feel entitled, rather. You will never see one. Everyone always feels entitled. They, they are control freaks. In fact, the reason for the abuse is because you are not conforming to their image. The song of the abuser is worship me or else. Is bow to me or else. Is succumb to me or else. You face the music. That's the, that's the theme of the abuser. He or she wants to dominate the person they are in relationship with. They want ownership. Everybody say ownership. They want ownership. They want to dominate the person. Their relationship with. There's a French adage. And this is their adage. This French adage is their adage. That says, I, don't, I can't speak French yet. God can run to miracle. That says, I'll just say it in English. Okay, it's on the screen. Thank you. Qui ame bien, chate bien. It means, who loves well, punishes well. You see, in the medieval times, that is, what is, that is the, the pride of the, of the medieval man. That is, she's my wife. Because I love her well, I will punish her. I will discipline her. And they even try and quote scriptures that God says, this child, the son that God accepts, God was, chastises. She's your wife, not your child. Not your child. You will never see in the Bible Husbands, discipline your wives. That's, that's good stuff right there. You will never see some men, the, the mentality of the abuser, they think and they take personal responsibility for the disciplining of their spouse. That is an abusive position you have taken. God has not put you there. That's God's role. God says, husbands, 
totally different. You will never hear God say, husbands, discipline your wives. No, 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 no. God will say, use words like nourish her, nurture her, build her up. Listen, listen, you know that, guys, if you are an African man like we all are, and you are thinking like an African man, you will struggle with this. But you will never have a happy wife, and you will never have a happy home if you continue in the traditional African way of dealing with issues. God has not, you see, your wife, it does not belong to you. Boom. <laughs> She's not your property. Don't you get it? She chose to marry you. She chose. Now, now listen. In case, in case you don't know, I'm married. And we, I've been married for 11 years this year. <laughs> Praise God. So I'm not telling you stuff that. I know the challenge of living with only one woman. <laughs> but you see, if you want to get the results that God has for you, you have to do what God has told you to do. God did not say, husband, discipline your wives. God says, husbands, what? Love your You don't own her. I say to guys, I say, we must never forget. Never, ever, 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 never, ever, ever forget that our wives chose to marry us willingly. And guess what? In case you don't know, they can choose not to marry you again. Now, I know you don't hear these kind of things in church. Oh, pastor, are you preaching divorce? No. I'm saying, if you continue to abuse, anything you abuse, you will lose. I don't care if it's your car, your wristwatch, or your wife. Anything you abuse, you will lose. You cannot continue. Even your shirts. Keep abusing the shirt. One day, the shirt is gone. So you, you must, like I was saying last Sunday, you, on the second worship experience, you must, I consistently choose my wife. I choose her again and again and again and again. You have to keep choosing her over yourself, your selfish self. You have to keep choosing her over other women. You have to keep choosing her and choosing her. The same thing goes to the wives. You have to keep choosing your husband and choosing your husband. Choosing your husband. Now, if you realize these things, I'm saying that the Wife does, is not the property of the husband. The, traditionally, the, the, you know, we think that she's our property, even though we don't say it, but we act it. She's not your property. No, 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 no. She willingly submits to you out of love for you and love for Christ. It is a choice she has chosen, and you had better make that choice palatable. Praise the name of the Lord.
So God did not give. Some of us, we need to buy this message and play it over and over and over and over and over again. God did not give the man, the woman to the man to own. God gave the woman to the man to love. Totally different things. God gave the woman to the man to what? To love. Nehemiah 4 and 6. I want to challenge you to read it when you get home. That is a typical way to deal with abusers. I'm going to highlight three things. I'll move on to the second section. But Nehemiah chapter 4 and Nehemiah chapter 6. The abuser is a Sambalat. The Sambalat. They are, they, it's a very good picture of the abusive person. They are controlling, they, are enti- they feel entitled. And that's their mindset. And you will see Sambalat's tactics in there. What are his tactics? Deception, everyone say deception. Fear, everyone say fear. Deception, fear, mockery, slander of the victim to cause others to think that they are the real problem. Sambalat knows how to, to, to make a case in front of other people and make the spouse that they are abusing as the problem in the relationship. Sambalat always knows how to recruit Tobias and Shimir and the rest of the gang. They know how to write the letter to the king. They know how to play the politics. Sambalat. But I like Nehemiah. Nehemiah said, from that day on, a shovel on our hand, and on one hand, and a sword on the other hand. That's your way out of an abusive relationship. I was a shovel and sword. Shovel to build, sword to fight. Shovel to build, sword to fight. Why? Because as an adult, someone cannot consistently abuse you without your permission. It is impossible. If you are a victim, quote unquote, of an abusive relationship, it's because you have permitted it. It's because you have decided to be a victim of an abusive relationship. The day you decide that no more, that day it will end. Praise the name of the Lord. So you get to choose if you will be a victim or not. It is your choice. You cannot complain if you keep uh, permitting it. So nobody can abuse you consistently without your permission. Nobody can abuse you consistently without your permission. So if you, if you keep coming and say, no, oh, my wife abused me, my wife did this, she's a very abusive, I'm in abusive relationship, my husband, or oh, I'm in abusive relationship, he keeps doing this, he keeps saying this, he keeps saying this hurtful words, he keeps da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
Three steps to freedom. Number one, silent no more. I must say silent no more. One of the traits of an abusive relationship that is sustained is they have the person, the victim, always saying, oh, let us keep quiet, oh, let us not watch our dirty linen, oh, let us, you will die there. I pray not. The like story of the banker. Oh, let us silent no more. I said to, 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 to a wife, the other one was threatening to beat up. I said to, I said to her, don't worry, just get home, sit him down, and tell him A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Should I tell you? One of the things I said to her, tell him, if you threaten me again, ever in your life, I'm going to report to the police. That's number one. I'm going to escalate this to, you know, the people that, the two, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. He, he, at least he chilled. I'm not saying intended because we are still watching. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The abuser will continue to abuse you if he knows you are his puppet. If he knows that you cannot treat me like this and expect business as usual. Now, what am I saying? You know, I've, I've defined clearly, there's no time what the, the abusive person, and not just someone that, you know, that, you know, made a mistake and all that. So, abuse strive on secrecy. Abuse strive on secrecy. And the, the abuser must be held responsible for his or her action. You must hold them responsible. Never, ever, never, ever, ever excuse it. Never, ever. Oh, that was how his father was beating his mother. Oh, that was how his father was beating all of them when they were small. So bloody what? You should go up and get healing, particularly if he's saved. Some people thrive, and they just stay in their childhood and think that's an excuse to be abusive in your relationship. That can never be an excuse. Praise the name of the Lord. So the first thing is what? Silent no more. Silent no more. The second thing you have to do, you have to confront yourself. You have to confront yourself. Before you can properly deal with your abuser's sin, you must examine your own self first. You must ask yourself some critical questions. Number one, you must ask yourself, why did I choose this abusive partner? Why did I choose to, marry, to get married to this man? Why did I choose to get married to this woman? Why? Why did I really get married to this person? What in me attracted us? Praise the Lord. Because largely, you know, people that are sick attract people that are sick in another way. 
There's no time to expatiate on that. I need to go. Secondly, second question you need to confront yourself with is why have I been putting up with this abuse? Why? Or why am I putting up with it? Why? Why am I putting up with it? Is it that I'm afraid? I'm afraid that because I have, for the past 20 years we've been married, he's been the one running the business while I'm at home. I don't have any money. If I confront it, it may kick me out. Why am I afraid? Am I afraid because, oh, in the village, they will laugh at me. In the village. Is that why I'm afraid? Why am I afraid? Why am I afraid? Oh, my friends will laugh at me. Oh, that's why I'm afraid. Why am I really afraid? You have to confront it. Why am I afraid? Why am I putting up with this? And number three, you need to ask yourself, how have I been enabling this abuse? Abuse cannot be consistent if it is not enabled. How have I been enabling this abuse? You need to deal with yourself. You need to confront yourself first. So, silent no more. Confront yourself. And number three, confront the abuser and the abuse. Confront it. Now, when you are confronting it, you have to trust God for the outcome. This is where a lot of people miss it. They want to confront the abuser and they want to control the outcome. No, 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 no. You can't. You can't. When you're confronting the abuser and the abuse, you have to trust God for the outcome. The outcome can go anywhere. If it's a marriage relationship, which it is, what we are dealing with, the marriage can go in different, both of you can go in different directions. That's the reality. The lady that was beaten to death, if she had followed these three steps, she probably, she definitely would be alive today. Why? Is it that the guy seeks for help and get out of his mess and stop justifying, feeling entitled and just stop justifying the nonsense he's doing? Or they go in their different way, they, they go their different ways. They say, but, but pastor, the Bible says that what God has joined together, let the man pull asunder. I 100% agree with that. Totally. Totally. But, but you know, oh, but, but you, the one we took our vows, we says, till death do us part. The people that give that advice, that even if it kills you, stay there, because it's till death do us part, it's only death that can separate you. <laughs> if you ask them, if it is their daughter, they will not give that counsel. They are just hypocrites. Praise the name of the Lord. They are just big hypocrites. While I would say, don't give up on your marriage, the fact that if he wants to kill you, like I said, he that fights and runs away, lives to fight another day. If he wants to kill you, let him go his way. 
not talking about physical abuse alone. I'm talking about, I've listed five. If he knows you are ready for that, let God determine the outcome. But this thing must stop. Let God determine the outcome. But this thing must what? Must stop. A lot of people don't, men particularly, don't begin to think until it dawns on them that they can lose their marriage. This woman can actually walk away. They don't, they, they, they will still be carrying until it dawns on them. I was watching the interview that Pat Robinson did with Benny Hinn and his wife. You know, Benny Hinn's wife divorced him two and a half years ago, about two, two and a half years ago. Or there, about, I can't remember the time. And now, they are, have they gotten married? They were planning to get married in June. Where? Next year, I don't know. They were planning to get married at the time of the interview. And the woman said, the abuse, his own abuse was neglect. So people will think you can put up with neglect all your life. No, 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 you shouldn't. Confront it. The woman said that for 28 years, this guy totally neglected her. Because he would say, he was there, he said it himself, that he used to say, God first, ministry, then family. God, ministry, and what? So, God, after that, he attends to the ministry. If he has any time left, he attends to the family. I remember we know there will be no time left. Because the ministry work, it doesn't finish. Any work that is serious really doesn't finish. And men that are not in ministry are making the same mistake. They say, God, business, and family. That's a big mistake you are making. Is God family, then business. If you die today, that your business that you have grown, somebody else will run it. But if you die today, nobody else can really be a father to your children. Nobody else can really be a wife, a husband to your wife, really. So is God first, then business or ministry. Everybody knows my family is, comes first, pri- I mean, after God, priority. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So he neglected her for that long. And he said that what woke him up was when she divorced him. He said he came to his senses. A man of God. Ministering in the Holy Ghost. People getting healed, getting delivered. There's someone here that is being healed of cancer. Boom. Someone let them boom. Meanwhile, the house was what? It's dangerous, so this work we are doing. It's very dangerous. God can be blessing you with a lot of miracles. It doesn't mean your life is in order. It doesn't mean your life is in order. The fact that your business is possible doesn't mean God is happy with you. Of course not. Until she confronted it, and he said that was the best thing that happened to them. The woman getting up and saying, sorry. I don't care if this is going to be a, a worldwide scandal. Because that was those are the things that she was afraid of. For, and she suffered for 28 years. I don't care if it's going to be a worldwide scandal. No more. 
And they are saying that um, Pastor um, Jack Hayford is, is their pastor, as in he's providing um, spiritual covering for them, that is now counseling them, and now they are going through marriage counseling. Yeah, the one you didn't do that time, like you thought it was a waste of time. You will do it again. It's called carryover. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> so now they are going through 28 years. Now, if anybody is so sound scripturally, have you seen that guy, minister? You think you know scriptures? That guy knows scriptures? They are doing marriage counseling now. And the lady said that, I think Pastor Robinson asked, now he now takes, the, takes her out, they go for dinner, what he doesn't do for 28 years. Why? Because somebody is sick, he's in the hospital, he wants to die. Oh, somebody needs to get married. Somebody just running up and down. And she says in four weeks, they've talked so much, more than they've talked in 28 years. And she doesn't allow him to touch her up because she says, he's not married to me. So he will come, she will do shakara, she enter the car, she go for, for dinner, she will come back, we want to say, ah, we don't want to sin before God. <laughs> when she said it, I laughed. And he, he chuckled on his seat and he says, yes, yes, yes. And he now said, but when we get married, we will be able to do all that. <laughs> now he's wooing her back. Is valuing what he has. If she had done that in year three of that marriage, she would have saved herself of 25 years of pain. When you take these three steps, be ready. Because when she did that, it could swing it that way, right? You must trust God for the outcome. The key thing is that I'm not taking this any anymore. I'm going to trust God for the outcome. Silent no more. Confront yourself. And confront the juggernaut. I must say confront the juggernaut. <laughs> you must confront the juggernaut. And trust God for the outcome. Let God determine the outcome. But this one, no, you have to resolve it. Let God deal with the outcome. The fear of uh, media and everything. Did she not go through it again? All those Scandal she has been afraid for. It's even bigger now. If she had done it in the 28 years ago, it will still be a scandal, but it will be smaller. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. 